The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely those of hosts and guests. The view and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Memorial Healthcare System, Joe DiMaggio's Children's Hospital. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Healthy Parenting, pitched by Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital. My name is Jason Grant Henriquez, and I'm with my co-host, Dr. Latanya Benjamin. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. Yes, thank you, thank you. Yeah, well, in honor of October being Breast Cancer Awareness Month, today's podcast is extra special. We have an episode where Jason and I will be talking to Dr. Peter Eisenberg, a diagnostic radiologist, about the importance of getting screened regularly for breast cancer. Very important, very important. Yeah. So before we get to today's guest, we'll spend a few minutes during our coffee chat talking about two really important um, newsmakers. We're going to learn about the rates of breast cancer. They're dropping. That's fantastic. Yeah, this is wild news. news. It's wonderful, and we'll explore the details of that. And also the use of preventative surgeries with mastectomy for those at risk for breast cancer. Very important, very important. It's going to be high yield for, you know, all of our parents, our mothers, our sisters, our aunts. Um, I think this is universal, especially because the good news affects not um, only just a limited population. It transcends different ages and ethnicities. So this is going to be a great show. I can't wait. Before we move on, here's a word from our sponsors. years, thousands have been united by one cause, to support Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital at its annual Tour de Broward event. Funds benefit the entire hospital. You can ride, run, walk, have fun with your family in the Power of Play Kids Zone, or simply donate to the 2018 Tour de Broward being held on February 25. Visit tortobrower.com to register and help make a difference. Hi, I'm Shannon, and I'm a child life specialist, and you are listening to the Healthy Parenting Podcast, pitched by Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital. Before we get to today's special guest, let's bring in one of our producers, Bahati, with what's making news in the parenting world. Bahati. How are you both doing today? Awesome. Good to see you. You as well. So... Latanya, like you mentioned, the two topics we're discussing today in honor of October being Breast Cancer Awareness Month are very, very important. First up, there has been a drop in the breast cancer death rate. So this is extremely hopeful and positive news about the literally the number of women dying of breast cancer. The American Cancer Society reported last month that breast cancer death rates decline almost 40% since 1989, and since 2006, the death rates for all racial and ethnic groups has also decreased. Oh, that's fantastic. 40%, wow. That's pretty significant. That's, that's, that's very that's significant. Dramatic. Number. That's so a testament to our... what do we to, our... to all of this? Well, some, uh, the researchers are saying that more than 322,000 women have averted death uh, because of improved treatments and early detection with mammography exams. Still very key. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Mammography is one of the best ways uh, in terms of early detection and one of the most uh, known ways that women should be aware of and moms should be aware of to, to, to have done. Yeah, this is great, but uh, breast cancer is still pretty important for for most women. Yes, is that it correct? is. Yes, it is. The second leading cause of cancer death among women is still breast cancer. It's also the most common cancer diagnosed. And if you can believe this, one in eight women have a lifetime risk of being diagnosed with the disease. That's an alarming rate. It's, it's an extremely alarming rate. Lar- alarming rate. Great news, though, in terms of the drop in the death rates of women with breast cancer, but there's still a need for women to be very aware um, and concerned about getting early detection. 
that's the message we definitely want to drive home today. And maybe there's advances in our medications as well um, that's, that's reaching these women um, that's also positively affecting the care. I'd also think that um, promoting more early detection is definitely a leading uh, driver to bring down the rates because you always hear, you know, check yourself, check yourself. Yes. So I definitely think that also early detection and being mindful of your body and any changes has Abs definitely contributed. Absolutely. Looking forward to hearing more from Dr. Uh, Eisenberg about this. Definitely. So some other um, key takeaways from the study, the racial disparities remaining among black women compared to white women are still significant. Black women are twice as likely to develop triple negative breast cancer. It's a type of breast cancer, which is really hard to treat. Uh, black women also have a 39% higher death rate because they didn't benefit as much from a drug called tamoxifen because they're less likely to have the kind of breast cancer that's treated with the drug. And for our listeners, tamoxifen is basically a drug that targets estrogen receptors, which is found in a limited uh, types of breast cancers. So there's different types out there, but the ones that respond to estrogen can benefit from that. So it's interesting. So they're seen in certain racial populations, they may not benefit as much because they don't have those estrogen receptors Correct. on their Correct. cancers. So the main takeaway, again, is while the drop in breast cancer death rate is excellent news. Um, hopefully it'll continue to go, go higher as we continue to improve and advance in the types of treatment and medication um, as well as the early detection. But again, women, moms, sisters, uh, even, you know, if you're a dad listening, if you're a son listening, encourage the women in your life uh, to get early detection. Absolutely. So up next, there was a study recently done, in, and it's interesting. It's called the Jolie Effect on Breast Cancer Prevention. Tell I us found more. That. that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, okay, I'm listening. So you remember back in 2013, Angelina Jolie, who's a famous actress, she announced that she was going to undergo what's called preventive mastectomy, which is where you have both of your breasts removed because of her elevated genetic risk of breast cancer. I thought it was shocking um, because I'd never heard of uh, a woman um, undergoing this procedure and she had not been diagnosed with breast right, cancer. As a, as a preventative measure. Exactly. So it, it caused a lot of controversy, a lot of buzz in the news. And because of her celebrity status, researchers wanted to know if she inspired women in two English-speaking countries to actually have the surgery. And those two countries were the United States and New York specifically, and in Australia, New South Wales. So recently, the study was published in the Health Services Research Journal, and they actually found a significant increase in preventive mastectomy procedures up to 20 months after she made this announcement. That's fantastic. Wow. <laughs> I thought it was shocking. Well, I, fantastic, and I mean, it's a little, a little extreme, though, for preventative. Correct. Fantastic in the in the sense that it brought awareness yes. to such an important cause. It's like a public health yes. message, but yes. of course, you want it to match with the potential risk. And right. every individual has different risk factors right. and um, chance for the development of breast cancer. So this was definitely something to catch your attention. Mm -hmm. And it also, I mean, the, the takeaway for me is, and the takeaway for, for the study was that health professionals, you know, anytime a celebrity announces something personal, private, something related to their health, health professionals should be more aware and proactive in terms of um, ensuring that the information regarding that 
that condition that the celebrity is talking about, making sure that the information about treatment and risk um, is distributed clearly to the public. Because like Correct. you said, just because you know someone is famous and they've said that they're gonna undergo a certain kind of procedure or surgery, doesn't mean you should too. So basically use their, the patient, uh, the, sorry, <laughs> the uh, celebrity status, yes. but to be mindful of yes. how, we, how we mitigate the message of what's actually going on. Correct. So Absolutely. then what I would assume then that we're gonna have uh, a more like of a, a Dreyfus effect? Apparently, <laughs> apparently um, Ellen from Seinfeld just yes. recently announced that she was diagnosed. That's and correct. So should we be looking out for what treatment she may be going and if there's an uptick on that? It's possible. It's Absolutely. possible, depending on how much information she shares. Um, I know we're in this information sharing age, so you don't know how much information someone shares, but that's pretty personal information. So she could very well mention chemotherapy or maybe a new drug that she uh, may, may may use. So yeah, it's definitely something to be aware of. So I think we just have to be mindful that celebrities are still public figures. Mm -hmm. They are very you know important. They do ha have some kind of clout with um, all ages. Mm -hmm. And just to take you know their actions at face value, understand that it is a personal action with them and take it, you know, for what it is and seek medical attention to discuss it. Right, yes. and yes. we're seeing more and more of this. There's the Kylie effect. This mm. is a singer um, out in Australia mm -hmm. who in 2005 had a breast cancer diagnosis. And what they're finding is that led to an increase in breast cancer imaging among Australian women, the younger subset. These are girls aged 25 yes. to 44. Ah. So you're exactly right. You know, with all these celebrities, this seems to be a trend where they're sharing personal information that mm -hmm. can sway um, the behaviors of people listening. Yes, yes. Excellent topic, guys. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you. Patient and family-centered care. At Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital, it's the difference you notice. It's what you feel. It's how we care. And it's why we've been recognized as the world's first designated person-centered children's hospital by Plaintree. When it matters most, trust Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital. Learn more at jdch.com care. Welcome back, and thank you once again for joining us on the Healthy Parenting Podcast. I'd like to welcome today's guest, Dr. Peter Eisenberg. Hi, Dr. Eisenberg. Welcome, welcome. welcome. Thanks welcome. for being here. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. We are so excited for you to be here today to teach our audience a lot about what's happening with uh, breast cancer surveillance and imaging that's contributing to the drop in um, you know, death rates among women. So tell us a little bit about what you do as a diagnostic radiologist. Well, my, my job is uh, in women's imaging. So about 95% of my day typically is involved with doing uh, breast ultrasound, screening mammography, diagnostic mammography. We also do breast MRI, and we uh, work with a team of surgeons and oncologists doing uh, breast biopsies as well as localizations for surgery. That's fantastic. So these are the different types of screening tools that we offer for breast cancer? That's correct. Okay, and so in general, when should a woman get screened for breast cancer? Well, the, uh, the guidelines now are that um, screening starts at age 40 for healthy women, but um, if there's a significant family history of breast cancer, we start at a younger age, usually around the time where the uh, family member was diagnosed, if it's below 40. Okay, that makes sense. How early can, we, can breast cancer be detected? Well, we can detect cancer at, uh, at any age. It really is limited by the size of the finding that we're looking for, as well as the density of the tissue on mammography. But we've seen patients here in our healthcare system as young as 19, um, and it goes up to any age in the 90s. 
Besides age, what other factors determine if a woman should be screened? Well, uh, we're a believer that every woman should be screened at age 40. Um, there, is no, there are no patients who should not be put into that yearly screening pool. Okay. So I'm close to that age or <clears throat> have passed it. So let me tell you. You thankful- don't look a day past <laughs> 21. <laughs> Thankfully, I don't have a family history or, uh, you know, a personal history of breast cancer. And so with that advice, you know, what can we tell our healthy women about getting screened? Because there's a lot of misinformation, I believe, that's out there about things that we hear that mammography is very painful. And um, what, what would you say to our listeners about that? Well, um, I don't think we can overstate the importance of yearly screening mammogram. Unfortunately, it does have to be somewhat discomforting because the breast has to be put into compression, and I think that's what most people are scared of. Mm-hmm. Um, it does help to reduce the amount of radiation that the breast gets if the breast is held in compression, and it also prevents motion, so blurring um, is not a factor, and the sharper the image, the smaller the findings that we're able to detect. So. Um, Compression is something that is is critical in uh, screening mammography. Yeah, and that's another thing as far as what women are typically concerned about in general about this extra radiation that they get, you know. Can you tell us about that? How much radiation do you actually get in having a typical mammogram? Well, the typical mammogram um, does involve a low dose of radiation. The um, standard study is done with four images. The... um, the current technology that's out there allows us to reduce the amount of radiation by using something called tomal synthesis with CView, which is something we use here in the Memorial Healthcare System. Mm-hmm. What it does is it it's a typical mammogram used um, to be performed with radiation, and then the images are reconstructed digitally in order to allow us to look at very, very thin slices. Um, the benefit of that is it is a decrease in the amount of radiation. The, uh, it's also an increase of about 40% in the detection of invasive cancers, which are the cancers which can potentially kill a patient. That's what we care about the most. Correct. Living in South Florida, what do you think about women that have breast implants? You know, they may have concern that <laughs> their implants may be damaged, or is there actually even a need for women to have um, screening as well? Yes, that's a good question. Um, women with implants definitely need to have yearly screening mammography. Um, It can be a little bit more difficult in some patients to detect a cancer, but uh, it's important to look at the breast tissue. It's important to look at the implant. And um, I know a lot of patients are scared because of the fear of rupturing the implant, but it's said that the pressure used in compression of the implant is less than the actual examination hand on a yearly physical exam. Hmm. So what's more important, the yearly (laughs) physical or these... um radiation screening tools, so to say? Well, I think they're complementary. There's no question that mammography is the most important, but we are a big proponent in doing breast self-exam. It's something that should be done uh, monthly. It should be done at the same time of your menstrual period, if you're having a a menstrual period. Um, And we have found a lot of patients that they themselves detected their cancer based on physical examination before they had their yearly screening. That's very important, very important. Now, Now, you've mentioned uh, breast compression, and it does sound a bit uncomfortable. Now, what advice would you give women who are on the fence about having mammograms because they've heard it's painful? Um, I would uh, strongly recommend that they uh, speak to people who've had a mammogram before. They should realize that it's a very short period of time that they're actually in compression, 
Um, it may be uncomfortable. You can take some medication ahead of time, like Tylenol or some sort of anti-inflammatory. But I think if you understand that it's going to potentially save your life, it's well worth the time and it's well worth the discomfort that you'll have. And it's temporary. That's, that's a great point. Per, exactly. Perfect answer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so we see you, ha- you brought some um, very interesting objects to the show today. Tell us about it. Well, well, Let's what describe I, them for our listeners. <laughs> what I like to do when I talk about uh, breast cancer screening is uh, I, I always bring a loaf of bread because it, um, it brings home the point that it's important to understand that the breast is a three-dimensional object, but we're taking a two-dimensional picture. The problem that we have in detecting cancer is that images, there, there's overlapping of the structures in the breast. And when you're looking from either the side or the top, it's, uh, it is possible to see something that is not real. Mm. So uh, the idea of bringing a loaf of bread is that with current technology, which is called tomosynthesis, it's a, um, it's a technique that we use to digitally separate images of the breast into one millimeter thick slices. And it's, uh, it reminds me of a loaf of bread. First of all, the loaf can be compressed. Okay. Second of all, uh, the way the technology works is you actually peel a slice of bread from the uh, adjacent slice, and you're going to see things that are inside or between the slices that you could never see in a standard two-dimensional image. This wow. is a, what we call a three-dimensional image. So I'll just uh, demonstrate for the um, on the topic. When you take a piece of, when you open up a loaf of bread, and you start to peel the slices away. What you think is just a bland loaf of bread, you can actually find a business card. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can find a pen. Wow, didn't expect that. You can actually find something as large as a Hershey chocolate, which is about an inch. Oh, wow. Wow. And believe it or not, you can actually find something the size of a scalpel or a forceps, which you would never be able to detect in a regular dense 2D mammogram. Wow, yeah. That's very, very wow. interesting. That was actually a very good representation. Thank you for that. Thank you. Basically, for our listeners, uh, he, he was peeling away uh, white loaves of bread and in between showing us what can be hidden in between to demonstrate the significance of this particular kind of uh, mammogram. So you have me sold now. This compression <laughs> Absolutely. effect. <laughs> it's so worth it. It it's is. so worth it. It is. Be able to detect that those were large wow. instruments. <laughs> no, I'm still I'm still in awe. That was a really good demonstration. I like the way you did that. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any final take-home pearls you'd like to offer our listeners? We have um, a lot of moms listening to this show, and um, what I think is very critical is um, in today's digital technology age, we all carry cell phones, and we use them for things like Instagram, Facebook, and text messaging. But what the point I'd like to drive home is everybody should take out their cell phone, look through their contact list. If they have family members, loved ones, a mother, a daughter, a sister, someone who's of the age where they should be screened, go through your contact list, call those people, ask them if they've had their mammogram. If they're scared, offer to go with them because you may be that person who's going to spur somebody on to get the mammogram, and you may actually save their life. Wow, wow. Okay, so a mother goes in for a mammogram. Uh, they go through the layers, they peel back a layer, and there's, there's a mass there. Um, if something is detected during screening, what generally happens next? Well, the, the, the next level of um, detection goes to digital diagnostic mammography, uh, where we actually can take spot views and other pictures that we don't take during a routine screening mammogram to see if we're dealing with an actual abnormality. We can do magnification views to see if we're finding subtle calcifications, which can be a sign of breast cancer. 
And we can also go on to do screening ultrasound, which is a very... Is this a 3D? Is this different than the 3D? That's no, also done 3D. But okay. it's involved with these uh, additional special images. Okay. And is, then that, we, is that longer compression? Nope. It's okay. not longer compression. <laughs> um, and then we go on to do breast ultrasound, which is a great technique for looking uh, to determine if things are cysts, which are usually not significant, or if they're solid masses, which can be. And we can also use ultrasound to determine that things that we saw in the mammogram are not real and that they don't need to be biopsied and they don't need to stress the patient. Now, I guess we're talking a little bit about the false positives. During your menstrual cycle, it's common for women to develop benign cysts, depending on the hormone fluctuations and levels. As far as these screening tools, do you wait for a certain time of the menstrual cycle or you just bring them in as they can and... In routine screening, we like to wait for after the menstrual cycle is finished. It's okay. less painful. The breast is less engorged. It's also less dense, so it's easier for us to detect abnormalities in what may be a very dense breast. That makes sense. That makes sense. Wow, these are great tools. Wow. So for our listeners that they want to hear more about breast cancer screenings, there's a lot of information and potentially misinformation on the Internet. Where can they go? Well, um, I like to stay away from the general internet, but we use uh, sources such as the American Cancer Society, Susan G. Komen, uh, the American College of Radiology, as well mm -hmm. as your hospital, your local hospital may have their own website with a lot of good information on it. Excellent. And events. I know we're doing a mammography Monday here at our hospital system. Yes, as Memorial offers 3D mammography, but what if the, um, the patient's local provider does not? Any advice you'd you give them? Um, that's a difficult question. I'd say in most communities now, there is a facility that has 3D tomosynthesis mammography. Um, I think it's worth it to search that out. Um, your hospital system during October Breast Cancer Awareness Month may have a, a, a decreased price, which allows more access into the, into the system. Um, if you cannot get 3D, then certainly don't not have a mammogram and go for 2D. Excellent, excellent. Where can our listeners go for more information about breast cancer screenings? Um, in, our, in our healthcare network, we have a website. It's www.mhs.net. And if uh, you're not in our local area, I would recommend going to your own local hospital website. That was fantastic. Thank you so much. It was excellent news. I think you uh, demystified a lot of concerns that younger women, especially those on the verge of getting their first time uh, screening, I think they have enough useful data to support the use of getting early screening. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us on Healthy Parenting. Please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, tell others about it, and visit Joe DiMaggio Facebook page.